everybody, welcome to another episode where we ask the question... Hey! Hey! <laughs> Remember the odds? I stole it from you this time. I liked it. It was a preemptive hey. Mm-hmm. This last episode, I waited for it, and it never came. It didn't. <laughs> it was a pimped-up hey. Oh, yeah. And we talk about everything on this podcast, from Justin to Kelly. Oh, no. Yeah, that one was a cheat, because it's in the title. It's from Justin to Kelly, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Which means we'll have to cover it at some point. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to what we can talk about when Hilary Duff was yes. in the, the Cinderella story, and then the yes. sequel with Selena Gomez, a movie I did not know existed. You didn't know that existed? No. You also looked into more of the uh, Cinderella's movies that I haven't looked into because after that, it's just too many. I think I just couldn't help every time I watched this video about Cinderella story, seeing Hilary Duff, sweet, innocent Hilary Duff. Nothing wrong with Hilary Duff, except she was Sharon Tate in a god-awful movie. Yeah, she just makes some bad choices sometimes. Yeah. But she tried to bring Lizzie McGuire back, which is the ultimate odds move. I, I will all forgive her if for being Sharon Tate if she brings back Lizzie McGuire, which I am not going to lie, I enjoyed that movie when I saw it. I think I saw it in a car or a plane, something along like lines. Did you ever watch the TV show Lizzie McGuire? A little bit, not really. Okay. I got Disney I mean, Channel fair. late. Like, Disney Channel was, I don't know how our parents, my parents did cable because I remember grew, I grew up with Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have Disney Channel. And I don't know if it was a paid service outside of cable or if we just had like a bootleg cable and Disney was like, no. That's so weird. I mean, that's also possible. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, there was a while where my parents were like, what would you think about not having so many channels? And I, I think I flat out said I would die. You would die. I just had to have the tv on what i wanted to watch all the time so the idea that like i couldn't watch children's shows or cartoons i was just like i think you're trying to kill me yeah and i'm gonna call cps well because especially like we transitioned out of the saturday morning cartoon so like right. it's not like you would have had any cartoons to watch literally your only option right. was the cable channels exactly so now there's like a lot of adult cartoons that are fun but when we were kids we had like the last run of Saturday morning cartoons. So I got it. This reminded me I have to get on H. I have to try another HBO Mac. No, HBO, whatever. The newest HBO thing. Whatever the HBO thing is. They had four at one point. And it was annoying because not everything was on every service. Right. I think they consolidated it now. And what is it? HBO Max? It's now HBO Max. I would love if they just called it HBO, fine, whatever, call it yeah. what you want. Because uh, I'm going, it's a commitment and I'm not ready for it, but I'm going to try and watch the new Justice League Snyder Cut, Edgelord, oh, memes, <laughs> incels, whatever. Um, the guy who played Cyborg, 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 Cyberg. I have, Cyberg, um, I have no, I, I totally support him. With like wanting to sue WB, he oh, has yeah. every right, every right. Yeah, he got. He should, yeah. The, he should get what he deserves. The only person who treated him fairly was Zack Snyder. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. That's that sounds about right. Yeah, Joss Whedon kind of 
I don't know what the hell Joss Whedon's thing was. Because that's Well, just... a lot of people are wondering about that right now. Yeah. I mean he's Yeah. I would like to know what all of the why all the women he like slept with other than his wife think. Right, right. <laughs> but um because, like, you know, he, he got a second wind of fame for the Avengers. Right. And then he fell off the Avengers. And then he's just kind of, like, since then, it's just like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. What's right. happening I here? definitely appreciate, like, things he's created. But then also when Michelle Trachtenberg says, like, her only statement about Buffy and the things that happened at Buffy is that she couldn't be left alone in a room with him. That's yeah. concerning. Well, I mean, I watched all of Angel during the uh, pandemic and right. a noticeable thing is she was just like not there for a bunch of the episodes. And I right. looked it up. Right. There was a bunch of drama and I'm like, holy shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. That actually charisma Carpenter had been pretty open about that for a really long time. I think it was just, now was finally her chance for people to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yes. Today's episode. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, th- th- probably in a similar vein. It's it's around the same people who probably would watch Joss Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about, because today is kind of an extension of last week. Today, right. we're diving deeper into our own personal nerd culture with a very unique phenomenon that only existed for maybe four years. At, no, two, not even. Oh, I think you're giving it a blessing by saying four. But it holds it holds a bigger place in my memory than I think it was actually there for. Right. And it's like... It was very prominent for the short time that it lived. Yes. And... A lot of the nerd culture that exists now, we were exposed to there. Right. Like, it blossomed, like, that you could see the beginnings of where the 2010s would become both a amazing boom of pop culture fandom, but then also the problematic edgelord type behavior that would creep its totally. way into the 2010s. Okay, I'm glad that you mentioned that because unfortunately my experience with Parallax is like dual wonderful and I loved it, but also at the same time there was plenty of edgelord lifestyle to pass around. Yeah. You get a fedora. You get a fedora. You get a fedora. So with that, today's episode, we're talking about a little, little, what would would you call it? Gaming place? Uh, I'm an idiot. No, you said land center last week and I thought that that sounded pretty solid it was a land center called parallax yay bada bing put insert meme here i'll put something here. I'll figure it out. 90 space noises like so, you know when you would get those elementary school portraits with the lasers in the background the sound effect that you think would come with those pictures yes yes yep absolutely Courtney, Mm -hmm. you are much Mm -hmm. more versed in the lore of Parallax. Would you like to tell us the lore of Parallax? Sure. Um, So Parallax was a place right around the corner from my house that I don't remember ever opening. It just was there. And we were in the ninth grade. It, It started becoming popular when we were in the ninth grade and basically what the point was was you'd pay five dollars an hour 
and you would have access to whatever gaming system you wanted for a whole hour and you would just go to the counter, check out whatever game or remote controllers you wanted, and you'd go play. The reason that it's tied to the overnighters is because I think once every couple of months they would throw an overnighter, which was only 30 bucks for the entire night, and you'd get two balls, two balls energy drinks for the night. And I think pizza, right? Usually somebody ordered pizza and it was for everybody. Okay, that's I don't cool. remember if that was part of the deal or if it was just like, a, hey, Courtney, there's pizza, eat yeah. some pizza. It was like the perfect combination at the right time because you're right, we could rent games and play them on a console. But it was also what I really think drew in, like, especially the more hardcore gaming crowd was the LAN system, like the ability to play localized online mm-hmm. Video games. Like, if you were not someone that grew up with a powerful PC, which I was not, <laughs> I was not, <laughs> but, and like, I had video games, but I was much, grew up a console player. Like, I had an N64 Same. and a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2. So, like, for me, the online virtual, you know, competitive gameplay was not something I was exposed to until Parallax. I remember the day it opened because I was actually at Friendly's. Oh, you do? With, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was at Friendly's with my mom. And as we're leaving Friendly's, I see a bunch of kids from high school there. And there's like a cr- mm-hmm. like a big commotion. And I was like, I have to see this. And my mom said, oh, I'll leave. You know, you can hang out here for an hour. I'll come back. So, and that's when I, I ran Was into- that the night that I saw you there? Okay. I don't know. It was like the day, opening okay. day. I remember seeing. Oh, yeah. And he was like psyched out because he was trying to buy like a graphics card. Mm-hmm. And. Like, I was just blown away, like, what is this? And, like, being exposed to... That's when I got exposed to the horror game Fear. Fear is a basic human emotion. What frightens you more? The evil that you know? Or the evil that you don't know? Oh gosh. Yeah, fear and then like just seeing like how people were playing on the local lands, uh seeing all the gaming systems they had. It was just like, you know what it is cuz like I I think the year prior I went to its predecessor. I think it was called Work and Play. Yes, it was called it Work was and Play. It was Work and Play. It was Work and Play. I couldn't figure it out when you mentioned it earlier, yeah. but then once you said it that clicked. It was on Manila Boulevard and it was like not designed to be what it would eventually be like parallax was the perfect kind of thing you walk in there's two rows there's three rows of computers for land parties a couch to hang out on and play classic retro gamings and in the back was two futons where you could play like an xbox or playstation you know playstation 2 and it was just like also couches for kissing and smooching yeah you have more stories about that because i yeah i was um I was not around as much to experience a lot of that drama, but <laughs> but I remember like work and play was just a land setup in an office building, so it looked weird and it didn't like it. I you in order to get to it, you had to go through the hallway. You know when you go to like in one of those office buildings that like are shared spaces for other businesses. Right, right. I was gonna say work and play was definitely just set up as like an office space where a bunch of children got into and played land games. Yeah, so it was weird. Yeah, but. Parallax was like the perfect like epitome of all the things to draw clientele in for that time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was a really great setup because like like you said, I also grew up as a console player and um, we had Windows 95 up until probably the 10th grade, maybe the 9th grade. So the idea of playing computer games with other people was not something that we could possibly do on our own. No. And this is where I started like getting into uh, trying, attempting to play computer games with other people online, like Call of Duty 2, Counter-Strike. Yeah, and then that's where I started playing Xbox. And my favorite thing about Parallax was they had the full DDR sesh, like station in yes. the back. And yes, that was my jam. I loved that. Also, balls. This is when we get introduced yes. to balls. The delicious yes. energy drink. I remember that it was operated by somebody only known as PC Man. <sighs> Nobody knew his name. And I think I just sort of thought to myself, this man does not exist without this store. And that, that seems about right. Like, he's actually part of the spirit of the store. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because this was, like, around the time when people weren't so self-aware. So you can get away with silly nonsense like that and have people take it seriously. Yes, exactly. Not, not now, um, though. Not now, though. Right. I do remember there was one night where... I don't know if it was like their big opening, but it was like a big night that people were going and you were there. And I remember at the time, my like first boyfriend called me and was like, yo, Tom is here. What? I can't believe Tom is here. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't be talking about this, but it's like also like this no, is the point do. of this episode. Please do. I want to know. <laughs> and I don't I don't think that like we knew at the time that I was like having panic attacks and I was like so terrified of like anybody being hurt. So I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I can't believe he's here. I'm going to show him up. I'm going to show him up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He didn't show me up like, anything. I know, but he in he induced a lot of panic in me that he was going to, which is stupid. That's and also, dumb. Joe was there, and I think that was an issue, too. Oh, boy. What an idiot. Just silly, pubescent, 14-year-old stuff. And he was like, just come down. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, we're right around the corner from you. I'm at Parallax. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I go down and then I'm like, oh shit, what's happening here? This sounds like fun. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it. And I'm just like, oh my God, like what is going on inside? This place seems awesome. Just focus on that. And then it just kind of became a regular mainstay of my Saturdays. I'm trying really hard to remember. Cause I think now there's vague, very vague memories of him showing him saying something to me, but me not. And I'm not even trying to sound like this badass Keanu Reeves Sigma male motherfucker. I literally just, I think my my um, ADHD brain kicked in and I didn't pay attention to him. No, that's fair. There was a lot of flashing lights at Parallax and a lot of buttons and doohickeys. Like, I remember him maybe saying, what's up? And me being like, huh? Well, what's that's it. That was it. That, <laughs> that was, was your him, opportunity, Tom. That was him stepping me up with saying, what's up? 
There are so many times when you're like in high school where there's like a potentiality of a fight and it's just like the dumbest thing. You probably are more so aware of, of you probably you're probably way more aware of guys taking issue with me and saying they're going to do something and me being so naively unaware of anything. Well, it was like that with anybody, any guy. That I think it was that's like, just my life is just being so naively unaware of the fact that there's somebody saying something or want, or mad at me for some reason. It's the reason I live in constant anxiety that I'm pissing somebody off at all times. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, this person, it was it was dumb. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with Joe because the same attitude was held towards Joe. I would say even worse because you and I never stopped talking. Joe and I stopped talking in the ninth grade because of my first relationship. Cause like, I think that that can happen with some boys and men with some sort of strange insecurity where they start to gaslight people, even if they don't realize they're doing it, be like, that person just wants to be with you. I'm going to protect you. And it's like, I didn't ask for this. I don't, I think that they're fine. They're just living their life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's what that was. But meanwhile, I was having a panic attack because I was afraid that something bad was going to happen. So once I realized what was going on inside, I was just like, this is so much better. Let's just hang out. Let's just have a good time. And Joe still has the parallax shirts from that night because they're gigantic. And I had two of them. They just threw two of them at me. I was like, I don't need this. And they were like, whatever, have one anyways. And I was like, but I didn't even pay to play. And they were like, whatever, have two. And they've just been in our possession for 15 years now, 16 years. That's beautiful. Yeah. And if you were a frequent member, if you came frequently to Parallax, you would get a little gamer card with your little gamer tag on it. It was your, like, Parallax membership ID card. Did you ever get one of these? No, I wasn't there enough. My sister, when we were cleaning out our childhood home around the corner from Parallax, um, she found my Parallax member ID card and was just like, do you want to keep it? And it was so cringy because I wrote my name was Dead Rose because, you know, <laughs> all the girl gamers <laughs> – their names were Black Rose, and I wanted to be different. So I really, you know, set myself apart from the rest of the community by calling myself Dead Rose. Dead Rose. It's like in every single YA novel about the girl who's just different than everybody else. It's like instead of having blue blue eyes and dark hair, she had hazel eyes and dark hair. Amazing. I really thought that I was being really cool and original, so... I love that. Also, like, every time I think about Parallax, I just think of the sheer power of a teenager's stomach. I would eat... I don't know what you would eat when you would go to Parallax, but, like, I just would have a ball soda and a Snickers for dinner on a Saturday night. It was right. Was it. it was right by a KFC, so I would I would probably get KFC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Parallax! I wish like I I think that's also what inspired the overnights. I regretted not going as much. The friend mm-hmm. group we had for the overnights, I wasn't as super close with during the Parallax era. And you're right, there was mm-hmm. definitely this like contention with this guy. 
who was just being overly like making nonsense up and being overly dramatic because in his mind he wanted to be the hardest rapper of all time. Right. And it's so funny, too, because even after we broke up and there were so many other girls who came to the Parallax Overnighters for him later on, I remember like once this one girl was sad that he brought his other girlfriend and I was just like, dude, this is just life. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he does. It's canon. OK, this isn't, you know, alternative ending stay tuned for the credits kind of bullshit. No, this is just how it's going to be. And I was so glad to be on the other side of that. Um, But it it was a lot of fun because it was around the corner from my house. My parents always knew where to find me. And we were playing video games. And also, it was a place where a lot of smooching happened. Yes. You put a bunch of teenagers together and a couch. They're just gonna, it's just gonna happen. Yeah, and it's definitely this, like, trans. I think, like I said, this kind of is the, you can see, you can predict right. the explosion in nerd pop culture with a place like Parallax, because it was this blending of nerd culture, but then also, like, it, it was relationship just- Relationship drama. Relationship drama and nonsense. Because yeah. what, what, like, I wanted to kind of talk about in a little, like, a little bit with this is like how the, like, the issues and drama and hierarchies of the mainstream culture will eventually leak their way into countercultures and alternative cultures because that's like the unfortunate nature of just social groups. People are manipulative and exploitive and will eventually fulfill the same problems. It's and what I like, because that's the thing, like we all hung out at Parallaxes. We liked video games. We liked nerdy shit. And we weren't like athletes or some of us were like it was that was the cool thing. That's one of the positives about Parallax. There would be people yeah. there I would see on like the lacrosse team or the football team. Brief mention, I did play both sports at one point in my life. And it was like cool to bond over something and be in a place where it's like, hey, that bravado, like, hierarchy shit doesn't matter. We're here just to have a good time and play video games. Like, I remember some dudes would show up with their memory card and would sit at the retro station and for hours try to beat a level and get help from the people around them. Because that's the thing. You you mm-hmm. had your memory card and you could play their game, but it would save to your card. So when you go home and play your game, you've beat the mission or you beat the game. That was such a cool community thing. That's the way I looked at it. No, I was just going to say, I also really loved, and you said the community effect, is like, I liked the DDR station. I liked that they had games that I normally wouldn't play, so I'd get to play it with friends, like the Donkey Kong Konga. Yeah. The, like, the drumming game. Oh my god, yes. so much fun. I still, to this day, like, if I could get a Donkey Konga drum set, I'd be so happy. I'm sure you can. So I really enjoy different things like that. And also... Mario Baseball, an unsung Mario sports game from the GameCube. Like, and also I will say, like, this was my, this is where I got exposed to Counter Strike and Call of Duty. Right. Call of Duty 19, I would play, I liked playing 1944 or 19, the Vietnam one. Just mm-hmm. the nonsense of playing these online war games that are like nowadays such a common place in our pop culture that they're, even if you refer to it by its original name, it's like people, you're dated already. Like, you can't just say Call of Duty. You're playing Warzone now. You're not playing Call of Duty. Yeah. You're playing Warzone, a Battle Royale I... version of Call of Duty. 
I remember when Call of Duty was on the computer game and it was just like this nerdy, small budget, kind of shitty graphic computer game. And it was just like a nerdy thing. And then over time, it kind of became the standard. And I think maybe it's shift to Xbox was a part of that because Xbox doesn't have that many games. But the ones that it does have that people love, it's like Halo, Gears of War, online, now Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, I think that was another thing that kind of led to not the ultimate demise. I think ultimately, and you might have more information on this. Ultimately, Parallax failed because of bad business, but um, yeah, not just bad business because they. I think they had a lot of business. They just didn't know how to make money. Like they were very bad at making money. Right, but I like, think there are a lot of places on um that street that are like that yeah it's like they're just the homegrown you get the same people and then you're just friends with them and then you stop taking money yeah so like i think part of one of the falls of parallax was like its appeal if you were a hardcore gamer was the online play like you could you could do land parties you can do xbox online there but when the new systems came out like the playstation 3 and xbox 360 you can now online gameplay from a home and that mm-hmm. brought that online competitive nature to the home console. And then you're right. Cause that's when call of duty is brought to the consoles. Uh, and like, also I think, I don't know if counter-strike ever made it to the consoles. Maybe it did, but much later. I don't think so call of yeah. duty was one of the first, cause call of duty, I don't think started as a, like a PlayStation two or Xbox game. I think it was, no, a, it was a computer game and then it crossed over for the new generation to the new consoles. And mm-hmm. it just blew up like this online multiplayer yeah. phenomenon. And I think that I think... was part of the end of Parallax's story was that they were already bad at making money. And then that one yeah. thing that hardcore nerds would constantly spend money on, they could do at home. Right. And I was thinking about that earlier today when I was getting ready for this episode is that like I don't think kids these days can understand that there was a time where you couldn't just download the game on the station. No. So you didn't have access to every game that you want to play or buy. So having a place like Parallax where you had that option was really great. Yeah. Now, yeah. because I have some theories and pointers to talk about with when it comes to nerd culture and problematic male behavior and nerd culture. And the again, the whole countercultures don't avoid the same issues of the mainstream culture so i would like Mm. to ask you about the overnights Mm. the pros the cons and the smooching on the couches where there was probably pizza stains yes um so much smooching so much pizza and so little time um i remember the first all-nighter uh my boyfriend at the time like my little first boyfriend he wasn't there it was actually with i went with a girlfriend and we literally just played DDR. It was a New Year's. Oh, cool. And honestly, that was my favorite new uh, favorite overnighter. Because it was just us. Like, there was no drama. It was just me and another girl. How great. How fun. Yay. So I remember she threw up that next morning. <laughs> and then <laughs> Too much pizza, man. And then there was another overnighter where I was like, all right, you guys, this is so much fun. I want everybody to do this. So then my first boyfriend was going, then we got a bunch of people together and we sort of hunkered up in the back room, but we left it open and let people come in. And then that was like the next best one. I think that those two were the best ones. And then I got sick that morning. <laughs> um. I told you if I pull an all nighter, I just throw up. So 
And yeah, I think it's the pizza and the, and the balls energy drink. And there is a very similar thing that happens at four or five in the morning when the dawn starts to arise and you'd get up, you'd stretch your legs, maybe go run to 7-Eleven and everyone just gets loopy and starts shouting things or yeah. the other people start getting grumpy. <laughs> but then as the group of people that often go there as the community got older and getting into like their late teens it starts being more about at least from my point of view it starts being a lot more about the relationship drama there were two of the older kids who were good friends who like one was dating one the other started dating the other's best friend and they literally just closed the door in the back that's awful and that means nobody has access to any of the stuff back there. And that should have just not been allowed. I think no. that that just made everybody uncomfortable. There could have also been some smoking back there, too. That makes me uncomfortable right now. And I'm an adult. I man. know. I know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it just seemed like it became more and more about that. And then my disinterest in what was happening, I think, because like I was ready to grow up a little bit and grow out of it. That's when it started really going downhill and losing business. Um, one of the last overnighters I remember talking to people about that I didn't go to, this might have also eventually become an issue for them because it was on a little bit of like a downhill. There was a little bit of a plummet where they were located. Um, they straight up flooded during a really bad storm. No way. Luckily, everybody was very quick to, like, take everything out, move the plugs. But there was a solid, like, half a foot of water that had entered Parallax. And, uh, yeah, I would say that, like, it was a really fun place because my, my parents knew where I was and it was the same group of people. But as we got older, as we started getting into our later teens, and actually, like, I stopped hanging out there and started hanging out with these people outside of Parallax, that's when the um, complicated nature of male relationships took hold. Mm. Yeah. Do you have anything? I, I know you said you wanted to add some more oh, about, yeah. like, your theories. I, I Feel free to... Well, because, like, my in. thing... Because I knew some of the people. And yeah. not just not just your... Not, not just him. But, like, right. I saw this hierarchy develop, the very mm -hmm. hierarchy I think I was trying to avoid with, like, you know, the mainstream culture. You know, like, especially in the aughts, things were a lot more binary. You were either alt or normie or you were athlete or you were a preppy kid. You know, very binary system, which is interesting because that culture is coming back. And we can talk about that when we talk about millennials versus Zoomers. But the right. Zoomers are bringing it back in such a I, – I will compliment them in such a uniquely androgynous way. Like they're bringing the cool bits of fashion without the rampant homophobia and racism. Yes. There's something very fluid about what the Gen very Z fluid. Yeah, fluid. is like doing. That. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just from like fashion coming back around instead of being brand new. Yeah. You know, it's something that the newer generation is taking hold of instead of it just being everywhere because it just happened. Like yeah. Ugg boots. And it's like, so Ugg what boots I, are so much cuter now than yeah. they were when we first had them. So it's like, and Courtney, you can, I want, you know, your input mm -hmm. on this. But like when we were in high school, 
there is definitely a tendency and a caution to be more weary and distrustful of the kids we perceive as popular kids. Like, oh, we're not, you know, maybe that was yeah. just me. No, 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 you're right. I was trying to think of specific people and then I had a hard time, but that's also with the context of like a 30 year old where I don't really have yeah. problems with those people. As a teenager, yeah, yeah. yes, totally. No, I love, I, there's a lot of people from high yeah. school I wish I had like been more open to and less like reserved and, you know, angsty. And I wouldn't even say that we had it that bad. No, we had school. it fairly good. Mineola was, it was mostly, fairly decent. Yeah, it was mostly like kind of split up into two, but it still wasn't even really that distinct. Yeah. It was just like, this is the kids, this is the group of kids who probably like got a taste of Bud Light and they all shop at Hollister. Mm -hmm. These are the ones who probably shop at Hot Topic. And that yeah. was it. Yeah, that was, that was pretty literally much it. it. You yeah. either shopped at Hot Topic and Spencer's or you shopped at Hollister, the Gap, Era American Postel. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Which, not going to lie. It. I didn't mind the some of those show stores had good shirts. I didn't. American Eagle's amazing. Yeah. I mean, aside from their ethical values. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, like, I think there was this natural hesitation and distrust of the mainstream. Like, we thought we right. were being like, we're like, aha, we won't let you fool me. You can't exploit me. But then we were felt susceptible to like the same manipulative people who just went under the alternative or nerdy personas. Like we mm -hmm. definitely like I definitely know for me as a man who I think I have this constant struggle in my life for looking for an older brother figure. <laughs> I'm oh, the oldest. Tom. I'm the oldest of four, but I've always like kind of latched on to older brother figures. And they've all not all, they've all disappointed me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it's definitely like at this time, like as we could think about like people that where like either metalheads or big nerdy gamers or stuff like that who like had this persona you could see very easily how they could take influence on a person and warp mm -hmm. their perception because it's like you're susceptible to it you know we every any vulnerable person is susceptible to being used unfortunately and i think that that's a problem with like i think we're kind of recognizing now when we're talking like i remember i'll never forget comic-con had to have a thing like in 2014 mm. they had to have a big thing where they saying you cannot just inappropriately touch the cosplayers and in my mm -hmm. crazy mind where i was an adult man going yeah you that's respect you shouldn't just touch people inappropriately then i found on the rabbit hole of realizing like oh no this is not a thing that these fucking doofusy assholes are aware of also it's like if you need a sign it's already a problem yeah so it's already a problem I would but say that, I, like, yeah. I noticed that type of behavior at Parallax, where there was the, this created hierarchy of, like, you know, the more the more bravado figures trying to make, like, you know, trying to play the edgy coolness. Like, like exactly like you're saying, like, they closed the back door so that nobody can get in. I was going to say, those are, the, those are those people. Yeah. Those are those same exact people. Exactly. No, but you're right. And also, I'm glad you mentioned the whole Big Brother thing, because I think that the guys who worked there and some of the older members and actually you know some that were around our age and younger they truly were very protective of me in the like earlier years and some of them still very much were like I still keep in touch with a few of the members I still keep in touch with uh Marco my friend Marco hi and yeah and um it's still nice to have that sort of innocent relationship with those people. The problem is 
once I started getting older and started having those personal relationships with those people as we got older. And like I said, not all of them. Yes. But a good chunk of them. A good chunk. <laughs> that's when <laughs> you know what it is it's not even that many i was trying to count how many and it's like once it's past one it's just already too many it's yeah. already a problem so that's when it becomes an issue of like oh we're older now and we want to like see you romantically and then i suddenly feel betrayed mm. by that friendship yeah so it was i think it's honestly it's like as you get older like once it once the children started to grow up, then it loses its, like, purity and innocence. Yeah. And I think once I stopped being this one person's relationship, then I don't know if that seemed like it was fair game. I don't want to assume that people just thought that. Um, but I definitely had a friendship with someone who would pull the whole, oh, we've been friends for so long, I'm in love with you. I want to date you and I'd be like I'm sorry I don't feel that way about you and I was always very clear I was always very clear about my boundaries and unfortunately it was like a couple of those situations where they you know somebody tells you that you like them more than a friend you say no and then they stop talking to you yeah and and then he would like occasionally come back and be like, all right, I'm over you now. I think you're disgusting and I'm not interested in you in that way. He wouldn't actually say that, but it felt like it might as well be that. Oh, because he wasn't over it. Let me tell you, because I... I think what's important... I think... (laughs) What's important for us to like teach in the media or with our families is that we need to stop acting like when a girl rejects a guy or rejects a suitor that is it is the end of the world yeah we need to stop projecting that in the media that's coming from somebody who loves rom-coms from the aughts but there is this sort of end of the world moment that always happens after the boy is rejected and we have to stop perpetuating that idea i would love to see in a movie where the kid goes will you date me and she's like no and he's like okay, cool. And then he just go eats pizza with his friends. Yeah. It's insane. It's like, I'm so glad I'm like beyond that now because it definitely took effect when I was younger and I had a decent enough support group and family who like would tell me when my behavior was ridiculous. But imagine being a young guy having those feelings and having people enable it. Like that's the most damaging, worrisome thing you can do because then you foster this this toxicity and this hatred that is really hard to remove. So Mm -hmm. I have a fun question for you, Courtney. Yes. My question was, I'm not going to name names. You don't have to name names. And I'm sure that by the, I'm sure most people would turn out to be better people and prairie progressive, open-minded people. But Mm -hmm. based on our experiences with with the nerd culture of Parallax, how many of them do you think would grow up to become people who stormed the Capitol building? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, you know, I'm going to say... I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and making the assumption yeah. ahead of time. That most of the people who went here were are good people and hung, you know, because again, nerd culture invites that as well. It invites acceptance, non judgment, and just being fun and having a good time with your friends. I, 
but again, yeah. the toxicity exists. So two questions. I'm gonna say How many of them do you think grew up? Yeah. I think this one's an easier one. How many of them do you okay. think grew up to be guys who went to Comic-Con and needed to be told that you can't touch the cosplayers? Mm. Mm. Probably way more that number. <laughs> yeah. Than the me, other. And the thing is, is like... I think only one. I think one would storm the Capitol <laughs> building. Um, there was also one kid I remember who was very, very sweet. And I still run into him on the train sometimes. And he, uh, like, is a person who lives with autism spectrum disorder. And he was so happy to have that community and actually be treated like, um, like, not for that reason. Oh, that's so like, sweet. Like, he, he was around people for fun. And I'm glad that he's, like, found a community within, like, the comedy world. He found another, like, as Parallax closed, he found his new community in the comedy world. Um... But I think for like for people like him, I, I think it was truly wonderful. And I'm trying to think about the the last time I did hang out with the mainstay of the people from Parallax, like the core group, I still had a great time. And that was the first time I played Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, um, that person okay. who did tell me they loved me and stopped talking to me, that was one of those nights. And I was like, oh, no. Um, but I still try to remember that, like, the last time I hung out with those people was a really, really fun, rip-roaring time where I was, like, like, ribs hurt laughing. Amazing. playing D&D. And I'm sure just out of, like, the people who, like, closed the back door and made the back room their space, I'm sure that, like, there's a healthy two or three people who are capable of storming the Capitol now. <laughs> but... You know, just like a healthy, just based on statistics. Two just based people. on statistics. I think most of the people, because there was a lot of like, because that's the thing. When you're a vulnerable, I could say from my experiences of, as, a, as a guy, when mm -hmm. you're a vulnerable alternative, like, dude, mm -hmm. you can fall down the path of empathy mm -hmm. or you can fall down the path of rage. And I think that that really depends, unfortunately, by the nurture that's around you. If you're around mm -hmm. enabling behavior, it's very yeah. easy to fall down that rabbit hole. But I'm very lucky. And I had, like, you know, support and understanding and people around me. And that's where I think I fostered into this. I try my best. Mm -hmm. I'm not an angel. <laughs> but but like, you're fine, Tom. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just fine. <laughs> I think that disenfranchising, yes, or people feeling left out, can feel it can turn into rage very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think of like the other kid who liked me, or at least made it clear that he liked me. It was very. It, I think it might be like that because he was very much the type that at first I was like, oh, this person fits my bill. Like loves music, loves Eternal Sunshine. There was something else, too, that I was like, oh, isn't he great? And then as I became his friend, I was like, wow, I'm so glad this didn't happen. And then that <laughs> didn't line up with when he liked me. Uh-oh. And then he liked me later. And then that's when I started to realize, I was like, oh, you're a musician, so you're pretentious. Yeah. And then I'd run into him, and all he would do is talk about himself. Yeah. And that's the same person who poked me on Facebook even Ew. after he deleted me. <laughs> oh, that guy sucks. I remember... For like yeah. a hot minute, I kind of thought he was cool and I wanted to hang out with him. 
But anytime I said something that he didn't like, he would trash it. And I was just like, I don't like dealing with this guy. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it, that's, it, it was funny how, like, I liked him in the beginning. And then I realized, like, oh, I just want this person as my friend. And then at the beginning, he just wanted me as a friend. And then he liked me as more. And I was like, too late, dude. I figured <laughs> he, out your personality. <laughs> he, uh, he definitely made fun of me for not knowing who Porcupine Trees was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, that one. Trees. Maybe I'll get into um, them now. Like, yeah. what is it? like? I don't know. I tried listening to them back later. then. They're fine. Like, They're I, fine. Uh, whatever. They're not the same fine as you being fine. That's a different kind of fine. Oh, my God. I just had another fucking memory. What? I was, and I've recently started talking to, to her again, and it's all good, mm-hmm. and I'm happy for her, and we're pretty chill. But she made me a mix CD of like porcupine tree oh yeah yeah she was sweet oh yeah not you know we had our i was an i was a dumb dumb man who was like and she but she was obviously in a bad situation with one of the most popular kids in our high school in the music department All right, guys, with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Courtney had to make a run, but I'm here to wrap it up. You can find us on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Apple, whatever. Fuck it. Amazon. Yeah, that's right. We're there on Amazon. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at remember the 00s podcast or you just type us into Google, you'll find us. More things coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to YouTube. Nothing's better than a YouTube game. Maybe we'll get a TikTok because we want to be up with the Gen Z. Alright guys, thank you so much. Peace and love.
Yeah.